Welcome to the Understanding Urbanism podcast, the podcast that accompanies the book of the same name, Understanding Urbanism, which is edited by Adrian Keane, Tehran Alizahe, Jacqueline Nelson and me, Dallas Rogers. The book is published by Palgrave Macmillan and it is so good to have you along to this supplementary podcast. I want to take just a few minutes of your time to introduce you to the book and the podcast before we get into the content of the book in episode one. We'll talk more about this a little bit later, but urbanism is about what happens inside cities. It's about the form and function of cities and how cities relate to the rural. It often refers to the study of how people interact with the built environment of cities. And we really wanted to focus on your experience in the city in this book. At core, this book is about how built environment professionals, so people like urban planners, urban designers and architects, how they go about their work in the city. And we focus on the built environment professions in countries like Australia, New Zealand, Canada and the United States countries that are sometimes called settler societies because of their colonial settlement histories. These colonial settlement histories are important to the story of urbanism in these countries because building cities in these countries often involved violently dispossessing Indigenous people of their land and completely reimagining how the land would be used in the future. And with this in mind, I'd like to acknowledge that we edited this book on the traditional lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation in what is now known as Sydney, Australia. It's upon their ancestral lands that the University of Sydney is built, and that's where I'm talking to you from today. As we work our way through this book, I hope that you will also pay respect to the knowledge embedded forever within the Aboriginal custodianship of country here in Australia or that you'll think about the land histories wherever you are listening to this podcast. And we're going to return to the question of Indigenous land ownership and the way that the built environment professions in settler societies emerged out of the colonial process throughout this podcast. But first, I'd like to tell you a quick story about how we came to write this book about urbanism and why this book is different to other books about this topic. A couple of years ago, the roof started leaking in the Wilkinson Building, which is the home of the University of Sydney's School of Architecture, Design and Planning. The emergency repairs to the leaky roof forced Tehran, Adrian and I into a shared office. And the idea for this book was born in that shared office as we chatted about our teaching programs for the built environment. And Jacqueline came on board not long after to help us think through the cultural dimensions of cities. And here you have it, the book idea was born. We talked about the need for an entry-level university book that would provide an easy-to-read, multidisciplinary overview of cities. And we imagined a target audience of first-year undergrad students working across a range of disciplines. So it had to be a plain English text, it had to be easy to read, and we laboured over the choice of the urban topics. 
Now, there's a lot of good urban studies books out there, but we wanted to do something slightly different with this textbook to cover the key ground in a different way. We wanted the book to be guided by your experiences in the city, experiences that you'd be familiar with, such as traveling around the city on public transport or walking through a new park. We also wanted the chapters to be organized by the professional fields that you'll eventually work within. So instead of using academic ideas or academic theories to organize the 14 chapters in the book, we've organized the chapters around common experiences and built environment professions. So you'll read about how to understand questions around urban transport or how urban planners work in the city. And I guess the other thing to say about the book is this is an introduction to some of the key ideas that you'll need to begin your built environment education. So this is the beginning of your learning journey, not the end. There's more than enough time to get into the complex theory and case studies of urbanism as you go through your undergrad degree. But for now, we're starting at the beginning. Or we're starting at one beginning. The beginning of understanding the built environment professions. you're going to learn about 13 key urbanism ideas that will set you on your way to becoming a built environment professional. So if you open the textbook up to the table of contents, you'll see that each chapter covers a specific theme. So we have indigenous cities, economic cities, planned cities, heritage and cities, designed cities, mobile cities, multicultural cities, public cities, green cities, healthy cities, digital cities, data science and cities, and we conclude with political cities. Now, there are just so many ways we could have divided up the key ideas for thinking about cities, and the 13 urbanism ideas we selected certainly don't cover all the possible entry points into an analysis of the city. You just can't do that in one book. And look, your university lecturer might ask you to work in groups in class to list some of the other ways we could have explored the city in this book. Just think about gender and cities, or queer cities, or more than human cities. There are just so many other options. So what we're trying to say is, this book is not the full urban studies picture, and you're going to need to keep reading as you move through your studies. But the 13 themes you'll read about in this book will provide you with a foundational knowledge of some of the key themes in urbanism. But it's a great foundation upon which to build more disciplinary specific knowledge throughout your undergrad and postgrad studies. And here's a tip for the university lecturers that might be listening in. Rather than focusing on particular urban case studies or technical professional practices or various policy or regulatory settings, you'll see that we've presented the 13 key ideas in this book in a way that they can be read alongside local case studies from wherever you're teaching this course. We did this because local case studies, empirical data, technical practices and policy and regulatory settings can change really quickly. But the core ideas of urbanism are moving a little bit slower. So we encourage you to read this book in parallel with contemporary case studies and policies wherever you are. 
So each chapter starts with an introduction to the urbanism theme that you're reading about. This is followed by a key debates in that urbanism theme. And the chapter finishes up with a critical appraisal of the theme. This common chapter structure and the learning objectives that are attached to the headings are outlined in a bit more detail in Table 1 of Chapter 1 of the book, if you want to take a look right now. But in short, the understanding section of the chapter will introduce you to the key historical ideas for that urbanism theme. The key debates section provides a summary of the contemporary ideas for that urbanism theme. And the critical appraisal section gives you a critical review of the current state of play for that urbanism theme. It's a kind of where is this theme heading in the future? So we develop this common heading structure to create a coherent narrative throughout the book. We hope that it'll help you to navigate and compare the ideas in one chapter against the ideas in another chapter. So make sure you have a look at Table 1 in Chapter 1. And finally, just one last point. We cover a lot of ground in this book and we ask the authors of each chapter to address some important issues. One of the most significant of these is the indigenous context of studies of urbanism in settler societies like Australia. We ask the authors to use Aboriginal place names first in their chapters. So you'll see that the authors talk about Gadigal land, for example. But there are also some clear silences in this book too, namely from the work of scholars from the Global South. And this is important because countries in the Global South, like China and India, are on the front line of the rapid urbanisation of the world. So here's a tip. It'd be useful to complement the chapters in this book with the work of scholars who are also writing about urbanism in the Global South. So think about people like Ananya Roy. That's all for now. I'll catch you in episode one. Thanks again from the Understanding Urbanism team, Adrian, Tehran, Jacqueline, and me, Dallas Rogers.